to episode 30 of Black Band T-Shirt Podcast. The big 3-0. Oh, oh, hey. Oh, yeah. My name's Ollie Connors, and I'm joined, as ever, by my sidekick, co-host and best friend, Chris Morant. How are we today, Chris? Hello. I'm good. Excellent. Despite the trains. Yep. <laughs> Bloody trains. <laughs> and um, we are joined today by our second member of Chris's immediate family to be on the podcast. We had his brother Alex on for the White Stripes. And now we have Chris's dad, Tim. How are we today, Tim? Hello, I'm very good. Thank you. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your podcast voice? I like it. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Good. I'm very well, thank you. Very nice to welcome you to our our house. (laughs) The Moran family home in uh, good old West Ewell. (laughs) inaccessible by trains apparently (laughs) so this is our father's day special uh this will come out on father's day and um yeah (laughs) if you listen to our last episode (laughs) you'll know what this is all about well you'll have seen the title if you're even listening (laughs) (laughs) we are taking on the 11 albums. <laughs> 11! We, I don't think any, even Dad didn't know there were that many before we no. agreed to do this. <laughs> I'd have said no. We, <laughs> we thought it would be funny to have, to have Chris's dad on. Um, he's been a long-term time, uh, term supporter and fan of the podcast. Thank you, Tim, for, for all your, um, Welcome. I all your appreciation one. over... Over the uh, time we've been doing this, and um, yeah, I thought it'd be funny to do a dad band. <laughs> so we've gone with Supertramp. Yeah. Oh yes. The we were discussing before this what the hell genre they are. We're gonna go with prog poppers. Mm. <laughs> Early days more heavily emphasized on prog. Latter days more emphasized on the pop. Yeah. Bit of bit of. <laughs> Rhythm and blues in between. Yeah. Things. I knew this band, obviously. I'd um, I'd heard... uh, (laughs) Became familiar with them through Scooter's remix of the Logical Song. Yeah. (laughs) Which is wonderful. Just to drop in there. First of all, it's fantastic. Sorry, Tim. (laughs) But it's brilliant. I love cheesy Eurodance. (laughs) Love a bit of techno. It's been us, Chen. (laughs) (laughs) And the Gym Class Heroes featuring Patrick's number Fallout Boy yeah. interpretation of uh, Breakfast in America called uh, Cupid's Chokehold, which is uh, quite a big hit in the mid-2000s. <laughs> was introduced a lot of people to that song, I think. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm. Our generation, certainly. Yeah. Um, but I was just saying to the chaps before we start recording, um, obviously my dad was big into his prog I bet he would have loved to have played similar bands to Supertramp in the car or whatever or, or at home, mm. but was banned by mum oh, no. for of, uh, of playing anything like ELO, Genesis, Yes. <laughs> Dad probably would have loved that, but mum was like, take this pretentious wank off. <laughs> <laughs> so I had no context, really. Yeah. So like you were my, starved as a child. My <laughs> familiarity with this sort of era of prog is Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, and Sabbath bands. I've gone back and discovered because they were so influential on my music to, uh, on yeah. bands I got into. So like you're probably um, obviously Tim, you're a fan. You're wearing a shirt. Um, <laughs> you can tell us in a bit. Did you actually see them back in the day? I I only saw them in '97. Okay. Which is after obviously the the big split. Mm. Unfortunately, uh, I never saw them in their in their height. Mm-hmm. I was probably too young. I was going to say their <clears> their <throat> peak was when you were still teenager. Yeah. What was it? We're talking like mid seventies, aren't we? So. Yeah. So I would have been thirteen probably then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I only really got into them because of um, uh, a mutual friend of me and Chris, um, the official Chris Page, <laughs> um, had um, two two or three two percent albums. Uh, and declared, I don't like this anymore. Um, and got rid of to my brother, my older brother, Richard. Um, mm-hmm. So they, they found their way into our house. And mm-hmm. that's how I sort of uh, became acquainted with them. And I thought, right, gotcha. I do like these. 
Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, and I saw them in '97. They had um, the replacement guitarist and singer, one of the the guitarists from Crowded House. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, he was good, and he, mm. he did a couple of the the Roger songs, Roger mm-hmm. Rogers songs in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I'm glad I saw them. Excellent. Yeah. And you, Chris, what was your familiarity before this with Dad's Supertramp greatest hits in the car? <laughs> and this is the this is the thing. They're one of those we've talked on the podcast a few times about things that we remember from being played in the car when we were young. And Supertramp were one of the, I say Supertramp and Fleetwood Mac were probably the two, yeah, big ones that I associate with that. Th- mm-hmm. That's the only time I heard them was when Dad put them on in the car, <laughs> and maybe Brian Adams. Yeah, but that he was around generally as well. And Huey Lewis. Hugh- well, yeah, Huey Lewis as well was another one. <laughs> but uh, walk past that one. The tips of his square chaps. <laughs> yeah, but interesting. I like. I hadn't really thought about the fact that actually that that hasn't helped me a great deal with preparing for this because it was basically just the greatest hits. I don't think you've mm. ever played any of the actual albums in the car, really. Mm. Probably not. Not that, not that I was particularly I think, aware of. I think similar to your dad, Ollie. I think I was restricted to playing greatest hits, and I wasn't allowed to play albums. But then also back in the day, I didn't have the CDs then. No. Yeah. Um, it was just a record. Funny enough, um, I used to have a couple of cassettes that were recorded from the LPs mm-hmm. playing in the car. <laughs> and one particular one, when the start of side two, it always cut off the first few bars of a song. Right. <laughs> and when I heard it on the CD yeah. the first time, I thought. Oh, well, that's the oh, intro. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't start like that then. <laughs> it was quite a moment. So a bit of podcast housekeeping. Um, so at the um, after we've um, done our ranking and talked about 11 albums of Supertramp, um, <laughs> we, uh, we have a fun niche of a better top five this week. So Tim, this was Tim's idea. It's absolutely fabulous. Um, we are doing, uh, based off the fact that uh, one of their biggest hits is Breakfast in America, we are doing our top five songs with anything to do with breakfast in the title. Yep. Fabulous. Yeah. Never done a food one before. Really enjoyed it. I'm so one. pumped. And our usual shout outs at the end. So yeah, shall we get into it? Guest honour to go first. Your number 11, please, Tim. Uh, I'm pretty much certain this is going to be universal. Mm-hmm. My number 11 is free as a bird. Oh, oh okay. my number 11 Ooh. is some things never change. Okay. Oh, uh, interesting. No, my number 11 is also free as a bird. <laughs> by, by, well, not a long way, but it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty anchored down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your number 10, Tim. My number 10 is the self-titled Super Trent. Okay, my number ten. My number ten is free as a bird. Uh, my number ten is slow motion. Mm-hmm. My number nine is indelibly stent. My number nine is slow motion. Uh, my number nine is brother, where you're bound. Okay. <laughs> mm. Number eight. My number eight is some things never change. Okay. Mine's indelibly stamped. Uh, mine is some things never change. <laughs> and number seven is slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> My number seven is brother, where you bound? Uh, indelibly stamped. My number six is brother, where you bound? <laughs> oh, very similar. <laughs> number six, famous last words. Is uh, also my number six. Yeah. My number five is famous last words. <laughs> I sense a pattern here. My number five is even in the quietest moments. Uh, my number five is even in the quietest moments. My number four is even in the quietest moments. <laughs> <laughs> my number four is crisis. What crisis? My yeah. No, well, yeah. It was. I think that was my number five at one point. It's crept up gradually. Uh, my number four is uh, Super Trap. Mm-hmm. Okay. My number four is Even in the Quietest Moments. Oh. Oh, you, you, you already did that. your number four, so you're number three, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost track already. <laughs> my number three, Breakfast in America. Okay. My number three is Crime of the Century. My number three is Crisis What Crisis. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... I haven't got a two and one yet. Okay. You're still deciding. It's going to be now. 
I knew that these two would be your top two. Mm-hmm. Okay, number two. Number two's crisis. What crisis? My number two is Super Tramp. <laughs> I thought it hell. might be. I thought it might be. Uh, my number two is Crime of the Century. Okay. Mm. Tim? My number one is Crime of the Century. <laughs> my number one is Breakfast in America. Snap. <laughs> Which actually, on first listen through, yeah. was quite a bit lower down. Mm. And I think by the time I'd listened to, when we got to Breakfast in America, that's what, in a row, I've then listened to, what, 15, 16 Supertramp albums. <laughs> Breakfast in America seemed like much more of a breath of fresh air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> than the first time round. <laughs> so, we mm. start off the 1970 self-titled debut. Now... Interesting that we've both... Because I... I was sorry. Was just going to say I was very aware that it is not favourably looked upon. No, and I, for me, it's probably the biggest discovery of yeah. doing this. Mm. If someone had said to me beforehand, this this record is folky, meandery, prog pop. Yeah, I would have come out in hives. <laughs> <laughs> but this is brilliant. This is, yeah, really. I guess what I like about it most is its wistfulness. Yeah. It's 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 it sounds like a prog rock album from 1970 in the best way. And it's so very charming because yeah. of that. Um yeah. So just to explain, Supertramp only have 7 albums on streaming services. Yes. The first two and the last yeah. two are on YouTube only. Yeah. Yeah. So I had listened to this after I'd listened to all the rest of them. Yeah, I, yeah, I listened yeah. to the streaming ones first and then got onto the uh <laughs> the ones with the, the ones that even the band have neglected. <laughs> the ones with the hideous cover art plastered all over my TV screen. I <laughs> see I was quite keen on the on the album art for this one for the debut. It's so bad. <laughs> like I mean it gets at worse. At least it's interesting. <laughs> it gets worse the cover art. <laughs> but <laughs> the face in the rose <laughs> did not enjoy. Um, but having listened um, to uh, most of the yeah the the, the Spotify based material before, I um, I've got down that this is such an improvement retrospectively, I mm. guess, on the post Hodgson stuff. On the post Hodgson stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think, well, and and Hodgson sings almost all of these. We should explain actually what what we mean by Hodgson and Davis. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. If you haven't really listened to Supertramp before, so um, Roger Hodgson and um, what's his name, Rick, Rick, Rick Davis. Davis, the only two members who stuck through from that first album through yeah. to the yes. big time, basically. Yeah. yeah. So, but but um, writing credits, writing yeah. writing credits on their first couple of albums go to Greg Palmer of Emerson Lake and Palmer. Is that the same one? Don't think so. No. Okay. Not from My what bad. I could find. Sorry. Richard Palmer. Richard Palmer. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Who was only yeah only on the, that first Lipsy, album. Lipsy guitar. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so a bit of context for Supertramp. They um, yeah they Hodgson and Davis met and became despite the fact that they had very opposing views. Mm. Um, Rick Davis was more into lush pop production, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, it. There's certain albums later that it becomes clearer what their differences were in approach. Roger Hodgson was more into very back to basics blues. I'd, the other way round. I say the other way round. Yeah, right. I thought the other way round. That Rick yeah, Davis yeah. is the blues rock, <clears throat> bluesy man yeah. kind My of bad. guy. One. They both play. At, at times, both played piano and organs more than anything else, didn't they, I think? But because um, yeah, I've referenced one of the songs on this first album as yeah. being quite early Fleetwood Mac and Creamish. Mm. Yeah, I got I got Cream definitely. I got um, early Floyd in places yeah. definitely, and um, obviously not uh, obviously that, uh, early early Pink Floyd with Sid Barrett, so no, we're near a psychedelic. No, no, no. no. <laughs> um, 
Uh, Zeppelin as well, I think, mm-hmm. comes through quite a lot. Um, which is obviously it's only a year after the first Zeppelin album. Yes. But unfortunately, I also got a little bit of Santana coming in here and there, which... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Do you not like Santana? No. <laughs> Straight away, it tumbled down my um, rankings. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so I mean, I was just going to say, sorry. So the, the, mm. Yeah, that's a really interesting thing about this, I think, is that you've got Roger Hodgson doing pretty much all the vocals. Mm. And Palmer is basically playing most of the guitars. Right. Which is why, as we'll talk about when we move on, the guitars take a big drop out from mm-hmm. their sound for a while because uh, he left after this one mm. so it's this is very much his direction isn't it really I think Rick Palmer was the one who yeah. who forced the direction of where, how this album sounds I think mm. he, yeah. mm. um, and so he, I think he had some vocals on it mm. but, but Davis barely sung anything on this one I yeah. think I think for me that it's because I only really heard the middle phase albums of their career that mm. That's what that's what um, they are for you. That's what Supertramp yeah. were, and then this mm. is so far away from that. Mm. While yeah. whilst not being a bad album in terms of musicianship and songwriting, and everything else, yeah, it, it's not what I want to hear in Supertramp. No, sure. I guess. Mm-hmm. So that's I, probably why I've ranked yeah. it like I have, as opposed to being. It's not a horrible album. It's just the songs don't do it for me yeah. mm-hmm. because that's not what I was expecting I, I or looking to hear. One of the big criticisms that I kind of kept reading about it and that I kind of get were that their their musicianship and their songwriting weren't as good as they wanted them to be. Mm. Does that make sense? So not yeah. quite not matching their ambitions, but like mm. they clearly were looking up to these other bands doing this kind of stuff that we've mentioned and going, yeah. we want to do an album like that. Yeah. And kind of doing a bit of a pale imitation of all of mm-hmm. them, rather than quite being as good. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think that in itself is quite charming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, and they would, they would have been obviously quite young at this point. So I think they were all like mm. twenty or something. Yeah. I like. I quite like. <laughs> there was a quote from Palmer that I found about he wrote the lyrics for it because none of the others wanted to. Mm. So he was basically forced to write all the lyrics, <laughs> and he described it as like doing school homework. <laughs> he just did not want to do it and there are certain cases where you can tell <laughs> that oh, yeah. he wasn't a, a naturally uh, but I do think some of the lyrics are more poetic his approach was more poetic lyrically than a lot of what they do afterwards I think it's a high for me on the um, strength of some of the individual songs here mm-hmm. um, I've come up like rarely for this jaunt through Supertramp I've, I've come up with four I really like here cool. um, four for me is nothing to show that's my number two. Yeah. Third is maybe I'm a beggar. My number three. <laughs> number two. Number two is it's a long road. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. And number one for me, is try again. Uh, yeah, I think that's it's, my. Uh, yeah, it's my number one as well. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> oh no, you, you see this is this is really oh. interesting because this this album I did think this might happen is kind of the biggest difference with me and dad in terms of older classic rock stuff because this is the side of stuff that I've got into as an adult because mm-hmm. I wasn't exposed to it through dad because no. it's never been your thing oh, I mean I mean try again I'm mm-hmm. just, I, I've put in my notes is that in a recorder <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a very long 12 minutes <laughs> um, yeah I don't I, I, yeah, I, I couldn't so either. that whole mm-hmm. like that whole thing that I've described as flutyville mm-hmm. that is going on here mm-hmm. put me in mind of songs like Stairway to Heaven. Yes. Which I my when I first listened through I was like oh they're trying to do Stairway to Heaven. Mm-hmm. Stairway to Heaven came out after this mm. by a few years. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah that was until 74. Yeah. yeah. Did, um, did, so that was quite cool actually to think to realize that I'd thought this was copying something when actually mm-hmm. it was happening before that much more famous example of it. And this all got a bit weird at the end. It just sounded like a bit of a drug-induced jam session. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> I've described part of the ending as Biffy-esque math riffing. <laughs> Who thought that sentence would come out in a Supertramp episode? Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But don't worry, listeners. It's not on streaming services, so you won't have to put up with a 12-minute song on our playlist. <laughs> exactly. Hurrah. Fair to that one. Oh, dear. What are your favourites here, Tim? Well... Uh, I think, Do you actually like anything? Well, yeah, I, I quite liked. I actually quite liked. It's a long road. Mm. Um, 
that's the one I, I sort of referenced this will be in the early Mac and a bit creamy mm-hmm. um, with a cool riff yep but it just ran out of the steam a little bit I think as much of this does yeah they all sort of tend to go on a bit and or mm-hmm. run out or peter out mm-hmm. or sound like a jam session again but mm-hmm. um I quite um, liked at the end of that you've got the kind of iconic super tramp mouth organ <laughs> coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice and early. With it and and nothing to show. I, I was my number two. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, so the first one longer would be number one. Number one, number two would be nothing to show, which um, I thought had uh, hints of bloody well right in the keyboards coming mm-hmm. in. Yeah, which I recognised mm-hmm. later on and sort of quite jazzy keyboardish, mm-hmm. um, classic Rick Davis. <laughs> yeah, really. as his his first vocal contribution on that as well. Yeah, yeah. and nice, nice. I like I like the the uh, the octave harmonies in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought that worked on this one. So yeah, and mm. other than that, yeah, bit of a toss up really. A bit too meandery <laughs> for you. Or or Bade. I sort of went to because it's it's got it's it's a bit twee, but it's got yeah, it's a, interesting. A nice classic Hodgson vocal melody on it. Uh huh. Um, but it's a bit iffy when the band comes in, just sounds like a jam session again. You know, if if he just stayed on his own with it, it might have been a lot better. <laughs> yeah, so like my, a lot of his songs are, I think. That's exactly my my low light that I've picked for the album is the acoustic guitar that comes in the chorus of that one. Just sounds a bit clunky and right, like it's yeah. right, just trampling yeah. all over it. Yeah, a little bit, which mm-hmm. is probably down to bad production more than anything else. But did, did you know that Orbaid actually means it's a poem or a piece of music appropriate to dawn or early morning? Uh, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. That's uh, Susie Dent words of the day uh, entry into our pod, (laughs) (laughs) which which kind of suits the other interesting fact I found that I thought was quite funny and a nice little glimpse into what I was saying to Dad on the way when uh, he was giving me a lift from the station earlier. About uh, I've watched a few Roger Hodgson interviews and realised that he is both a sweet, sweet man and also incredibly pretentious. <laughs> um, so they recorded this album entirely in night sessions from midnight till 6am. No, did they? Yeah, because of superstition on part of the band members, I think I can guess who, uh, fueled by their having heard that Traffic and Spooky Tooth recorded at late hours and that there was some kind of magic to be found at recording at those hours. Uh, okay. <laughs> Christ alive. Is he straying into Lindsay well, Buckingham territory? There? Welcome to a 1970 <laughs> prog psychedelic album. <laughs> yeah. um, what's your worst song here, Chris? Uh, I have got Home Again. Mm, okay. Um, I can't... I, uh, I thought it was a bit of a jarring transition mm-hmm. um, from, from the kind of almost uh, attempt at Hendrix-esque stuff going on in Maybe I'm a Beggar and mm-hmm. things, and then it just goes into a very... Just a bit of a ditty for home again, really. <laughs> um, Shadow Song probably did least for me here. Uh, I think I quite liked that one. Just, uh, I mean, it's nice, but it just kind of passed me by. Yeah, it reminded me a bit, again, I've made quite a lot of Fleetwood Mac comparisons in this one. I thought that reminded me of some of Christine McVie's ballads. Do you know what, Ollie, <laughs> I put in my notes for Shadow Song is nice in inverted commas. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, nothing memorable about it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There we Precisely. go, fair enough. Um, is that is that your worst as well? No, my worst track was Home Again. It's, right. It's just a filler. It's just a minute long to close <laughs> that side really, out, isn't there's it? There's really? no need for it. It's just like, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Shall we move on, gents? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, I say that disparagingly because you had that as your number two, didn't you, Ollie? So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's... that. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I think that's great because I think Super Jack appeals across the board for mm-hmm. all different reasons and that just yeah. proves it really I know it's a really early super temp it's not really true mm. super temp but but there's bits in there that are identifiable as what they do later yeah yeah for, for, for once I think Chris and I are completely unified in our opinion we like it for exactly the same reasons mm. yeah, yeah yeah it's it's. I, I think and part of that might be generational as well mm-hmm. it's like we that, that era of music is something that we were so far from living through mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry <laughs> but how dare you but do you know what I mean but I mean you were only been eight years old but like <laughs> it's that to me there's a there's a sort of there's a word for it and I can't remember what it is that I found the other day someone uh, told me about it but it's that weird sense of nostalgia for something that you haven't actually experienced mm-hmm. mm. the Germans uh, probably have a word for it yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and I, I have that a lot like I've got into especially in my 30s I've started seeking out these kind of obscure 70s albums and things just because I really like that feel you get from things from that Mm-hmm. era in rock and, yeah yeah and this is one of those that i've never listened to before didn't even know existed and it's now in the collection 
Lovely little yeah. curio. Indelibly stamped. <laughs> On the other hand. <laughs> so, um, good parts of this. It's got a fuller sound than a debut. Yeah. So it's worth saying, um, Supertramp were, were d- sort of scouted by a Dutch manager mm. who was let down by his previous project so one that was looking <laughs> for and I think one. it was actually funding them yeah. Yeah. before the first album yes signed well, yeah. to EMI um, but um, the debut was a commercial failure as was as was this as yeah. was this yeah. but EMI believed in them anyway and obviously gave them up the budget for this one mm. um, but was it EMI or A&M? A&M, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Sorry, <clears throat> yeah. I read E&M, uh, uh, I must have misremembered I mean, I mean, what I read. It happens a lot that albums get re-released through other labels. Gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah. gotcha, yeah. right, okay. But yeah, terrible cover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just tattooed topless woman. Decent tattoos it's for, woman, not, yeah. for, not for 1971. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Is it a woman? Yeah. Yeah, there's a pair of... Yeah. <laughs> excuse, excuse my vulgar. Oh, I can have my glasses but, on, clearly. Dad's um, face lit up. Don't you want to really find that? No, 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 no. <laughs> well, the problem, it's quite funny. There's a few different versions of ways that they've covered it up because a lot of shops and a lot of countries were not happy about stocking it. Mm. So there's a few versions that I've seen on like either Genius Lyrics when I've been reading up on lyrics and things. There's, there's one that um, I think a shop in the UK sold it with two gold star stickers mm. over the nipples. <laughs> Uh, there's a version that has indelibly stamped written diagonally across it. That was the one I had on YouTube, yeah. Um, Australia, uh, all the shops in Australia had to sell it in a brown paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> Australia? Yeah. It's not a real country. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they'd be least offended. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, hmm. I think the main characteristic of why I didn't like this album, Honky Tonk Bullshit. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the interesting shift is that we've gone from the first album being Hodgson singing almost everything. Yes. And this one is Davis singing mm-hmm. almost everything and yeah. having a much more creative control mm-hmm. over the songwriting as well. Yeah. Um, and we've also got, so we've got the first lineup change of Frank Farrell coming in on bass, yeah. who was also known for working with Leo Sayer. Uh, and he um, after so he only stayed for this album as right. well uh, uh, in uh, 73 he became the first musical director of the Rocky Horror Show cool and then left because he fell out with Richard O'Brien over, over the direction of it <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a life that guy's had I say life a few years um, yeah. uh, and then uh, he sadly died in 97 Oh. Only fifty. So That's when he there's was um. So there was one. We didn't mention on the first album the song the 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 one that you mentioned and I'm not like other birds of prey or yeah. or or bed. Is or that bed. Yeah. Um. That was the only one that also had a writing credit from the. There was an, the the bassist there or someone something mm. like that. Um, and when he died. Hodgson played that at a con- that song at a concert in tribute, and I think there's there's something similar on this one with um, Frank Farrell as well. Uh, mm. He had one writing credit on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, Ro- Rosie had everything planned. That's Frank Farrell's, right? And that that's the only song in the entire Supertramp catalogue mm. that Rick Davis has has no, no writing, writing credit. credits for, yeah. or, or even co-writing credits. Yeah, I think I read that. Mm. This is, so Chris and I were discussing before how for a few of these we can pretty much say, this is shit, let's move on. Yeah, this is one. This is one. <laughs> I've got a few things. Um, in Times Have Changed is a worse part of me, for me, because uh, it sounds like um, Davis is, it sounds like Kermit the Frog doing an impression of Elton John. I, yeah, so something I've realised. <laughs> Which track was that? Um, times have changed. Oh, all right, yeah. It's something I've realised in general is I just do not like Davis' voice. Mm. I, I like his songwriting probably a third of the time. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely more of a Hodgson fan, songwriting-wise. Yeah. It's very nasal, isn't he? But I just don't like Davis' voice. Mm. Yeah. yeah. 
can't, I can't do it. Funny that, because Time to Change is one I've given the highest score to. <laughs> I've said that horrible electric organ sound puts me on edge. <laughs> and it's just about acceptable when the full band comes in. <laughs> my best song here is Remember. Uh, that's my number two. Mm-hmm. I've got Rosie Had Everything Plans, my number three. Mm-hmm. I really, really don't enjoy your Papa Don't Mind. Hate that's it. the kind of cheesy glam rock that is just not my thing. Status quo. Yeah just not my thing at and, all and bizarrely that's the only track from this album they stuck on the retrospectical really it's its album it's the it's it's the is it the first or second track on first the retrospectical yeah. oh right yeah i just it's i hate that like swung rhythm ploddy glam rock yeah of that, this that time. keeps stopping and starting again i just well. never enjoyed it <laughs> um odd yeah i've got um <laughs> the traditional Supertramp epic closer of Aries as my number one. Okay. In the end. Yeah, that was all right. Ron yeah. Burgundy's back with his flute. <laughs> hey, Aquila. <laughs> For the second podcast in a row. Uh, I quite enjoy that you've got a nice bongo section with flute flourishes and things. <laughs> They've just gone all out with it. <laughs> yes, I, I, I thought mad mad congos at the end yeah. and, and very odd last track. <laughs> A seven-minute closer. They have, they do like a long. But yeah, I think closer. almost every album has got a long closer, hasn't it? Mm. I, oh, we'll we'll get into yeah. that later on. <laughs> oh, yes. oh um, we'll get into that. My um, my my worst thing about it is actually the lyrics to Potter. Okay. I've just said the less said about the lyrics, the better. Uh, have you got any I've, examples? I have particularly please? highlighted. The name is Potter. Hi there. I'm sure getting hotter. Mind there. I told her quick she could see my prickly cactus. Back in the confines of my home. She didn't say yes, but she didn't say no, and she's just got to go get a cactus of her own. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> now, when you listen- oh, and then oh, later in the song, they use the N-word. Oh, brilliant. So that's good. Oh, in the woodpile? Yeah. I know. It's, oh, yeah. I know, I know. Doesn't cut it I anymore. know the, the year and all this kind of mm. thing, but, like, not everyone was using it then no. still. <laughs> Come on. Mm. And when you listened to it, did it just, <coughs> did it just finish like someone had pulled the plug, or was that just a YouTube thing? Uh, uh, the whole album, I can't really remember. To be right honest. at the end, it just, it just seemed to stop abruptly. Mm, probably like, someone pulled the plug, but not quickly enough. <laughs> no one near quickly enough. No. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Papa Don't Mind is uh, definitely my worst here. But um, coming home to see you, crap, forever, <laughs> um, forever takes five minutes just to be boring. Yeah. This, I, I, I quite enjoy that the, the hook line in forever is so I'll sing this song to you forever. Please don't. You, that's exactly what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> What's your worst song here, Tim? Travelled. Mm. It's, it's just nothing about it. It's no. just boring, repetitive. And, and for a second and a track, pointless. it just kind of, yeah. Yeah. One of Hodgson's only three lead vocal tracks on there as well, which is a shame. But his, his on this album are not. Are not he didn't great. find himself, did no, he, yet? No. Mm. Um, I've got Friend in Need as my worst. Oh. Uh, just, it's, uh, I, I, they've done the thing with the lyrics where they try to do a clever plot twist mm. but there's only like three verses oh, yeah. <laughs> so you can't really pull off a plot twist in three verses this is circus lo- mu- music and yeah. Bugsy Malone yeah yeah that last verse is I guess that you can see through me so I'll be straight with you I'll tell the truth the friend in need is just really me <laughs> Christ alive move on as you said yeah you? let's go yeah <laughs> well we get into your what was it number two or number one? That's in number the one, end? I think. That. Number Excellent. one, yeah. Just yeah. so the Hodgson, um, so the Hodgson kind of led album didn't really work for you. The Davis Davis yeah. led album certainly didn't work for any of us. But how about them combined on Crime of the Century? Yeah, I think this is this is one of the defining moments of their collaboration, song creativeness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the moment it comes together, isn't it? Really? Yeah, and, and they, they, I, as we said in the car before, they, they brought in. This is when they bring in Bob Siebenberg on the drums. Okay. Interestingly, credit. I was for, for years. Mm. I thought his name was Bob C. Benberg. Right. That's how it's credited. That, yeah. They credited him for years, and then he finally realised mm. his name's actually Siebenberg. Right. <laughs> uh, and the John Helliwell Saxon clown that will win man, mm-hmm. and Doogie Thompson on bass, and that was the lineup going forward from here and in, and. and mm. It sort of it shows that these sort of next few albums are very much in the same vein. They don't go over the place like the first two have. Mm. They settled into a uh, a style. Which, Definite style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. 
Which is my favourite style, has to be said. And uh, uh, something I realised doing this proper listen through is actually a big part of. So the I think uh, Siebenberg, isn't it, the drummer? Yeah. The impact he has mm. on how good the sound the songs are mm. is massive. Mm. So yeah. much of what I enjoy about this era, I realised, is actually the rhythms and things that he is yeah. doing underneath it all. Funny enough, when I was in uh, in in a, a little punk band called The Remains back in um, the late 70s. Mm. We had some sort of um, local Kingston um, music reviewer came around and, and interviewed us, <laughs> interviewed us mm. uh, in the back of a pub. And he was asking influences, and I sort of influenced mm. Bob Siebenberg on drums. I can tell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> from, from having watched you drumming oh, really? from a little yeah. young age, I, yeah, I, that's what I was thinking. Is I can said, tell this is. Yeah. He said to me, he said, Yeah, you see, but I think the trouble is, and a lot of people say this, is his drum is, is, is um, it's not fluent enough. He stops and starts too much. It's mm. very in- interruptive. That's what makes it interesting. Exactly that. That's, yeah. It's different. It's nothing, it's not a normal, it's, it's, it's a bit like Copeland in the police. Mm. He doesn't just do a backbeat. No, mm. he's using the drums to punctuate yeah. the song. Yeah, you find something else to do, and he listen. It's it's like he's listening to the the song, and what fits the song as opposed to I'm going to play this rhythm and this track, <laughs> mm-hmm. and almost like listen to the lyrics to play on to. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's Hodgson's songs that that works best with as well because they I think they had that in common of see, mm. they saw their songs as compositions more than songs. Maybe there are some when I sort of get all sting and think. Just play the bloody yeah. beat. <laughs> this one really needs to take off now. But <laughs> so, what are your favourites here, Tim? So, top three tracks. Okay, so my mm. favourite. Uh, what? Go number three. Okay. Do you go backwards normally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number three. I, I was undecided between either School or Bloody Well Right. Mm. I think I'm going to plump with Bloody Well Right. Yeah, it's fair my number three as well. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I enjoyed both of them, both Bloody Well Right and um, Dreamer. They're unconventional and catchy, but they haven't made my top songs here. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, They are, yeah, like I think we've discovered so far, I prefer the proggier moment, so my absolute favourite here by quite some distance is Hide In Your Shell. Oh, cool. That's got that. I wouldn't have. That's my number one. I wouldn't have predicted that. Hiding yeah. your shells, my number one. It's fantastic, isn't it? It's an absolutely incredible song. Mm. When you really listen to it and get into it, it's like wow! It just takes off in all levels, doesn't it? Yes. It's got it all. It's got like say big build-ups, crescendo, mm-hmm. ending, and everything else. Yep. Um, yeah, and the, and the vocal you can tell he's like he means it. It's like mm. quite emotive vocal. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I'm with you on that. Yeah, it's not made my top three in the end, but oh, yeah. but mm. the, I mean, so this after first listening through of all the albums, this was my number one. Mm-hmm. The only reason it went down a bit is I realised my biggest uh, low point of it is I can't help but feel it wears its dark side of the moon influence a little on its sleeve. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I got massive dark side vibes from mm. this. Definitely. Um, so I still feel like at this point they were still chasing things mm-hmm. rather than finding completely their own oh, really? identity. Okay. I feel like Crisis What Crisis is where they've properly found what they sound like. Mm. Um, so that was the only thing that pushed it down a little bit but it, individual songs wise like this is this is one with the songs on it I think probably that I most associate with childhood and remember right like bloody well right I remember being the first song that you let Alex and I listened to that had a naughty word in it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> such a British word yeah <laughs> you bloody I, well right <laughs> uh, highlighted by one of my favourite favourite ever memories of uh, mum's mum Nan <laughs> Alex and I slept over one night. We had a little like Fisher Price cassette player, mm-hmm. and we had Dad's super t- recorded from the vinyl, I think, yep. Super Tramp cassette in the tape player, mm-hmm. and we're listening to it as we were going to sleep. Uh, all I will say is, when you now listen to that cassette, halfway through Bloody Well Right, the song cuts out. You hear some clunking around, and Nan's voice going, "I think that's quite enough of that." Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and then the song starts again. <laughs> She hit record instead of stop. It was great. I'm loving uh, this uh, trip down Morant family memory. Lane. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's just one of those stories. It's everything that I've, I've, I had I've, to share because everything I ever wanted. Black band T-shirt to yeah, be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, some other. Um, so I think you've done, say, your, my... your, you, you've done your one and three, Tim. You're sorry, right. Chris. No, no, no. That's all right. That's, that's what I was coming on to. Yeah. Go on. Mm. 
Uh, so, uh, you've done your one and three, Tim. Yeah. Um, anything else you wanted to uh, give a shout out to? That the two you was Crime of Century title track. Lovely. Mm-hmm. That, that was almost one. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, again, the big ender. Yeah, 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 another big end. How long's that one? I can't it's remember. It's only five thirty-six. But okay, it, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big. They song. got, yeah. they got, they got very, um, tight and taut around this period. A lot mm. of sort of thirty-five to forty-five minute albums. Mm. Yeah, much appreciated yeah. when you have <laughs> yeah. eleven to listen to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I also think this one is the best example of the whole album working the best as a as a journey from yeah. start to finish. Definitely and flowing as it should. I mean, but 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 then also that's the dark side of the moon influence. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's <laughs> yeah. interesting. Hodgson in later years has, has denied that this was a concept album. Right. Mm. Um, but everyone has always assumed that it is a concept album about yeah. the character Rudy that one of the songs is named after yeah, who's, mm-hmm. who, who they say is the character on the front yeah uh, mm. who's just basically a guy going through a, almost a kind of midlife crisis of dejection yeah. and depression and mm-hmm. yeah uh, and it, it, I think it is mm. it is really I, I think you, you, you could look at all those titles yeah song titles and think that could be about one person couldn't yeah, it because they did all definitely. they do all sort of follow don't they yeah. mm-hmm. from school story, right yeah. through to to the to, to, um, to Crumb Central yeah yeah yeah, uh, I mean, I've got, it's, I've got my number one is school, right? Is the opener? Yeah. Again, I think, I think I just really enjoy it's the movements not, of it. Mm, not yeah. really a song, though, is it? How? <laughs> well, it's just like a load of like Bits. you say movements crammed together. Yeah, yeah but yeah. some of my favourite music is like that. Really, I could. I tell you what, and if you if you listen to that bass line, mm. particularly in the, in the, the first part of that song. It's an absolutely fantastic bass line. Mm, it's, yeah. it's, it's really sort of sets up the groove at all. And did you realise that the... Um, and I, I remember watching it um, mm. back in the day. Mm. There was a, a daily programme, a bit like The One Show, okay. called Nationwide. Right. With um, Michael Barrett. Michael Barrett. <laughs> um, and, and they used to have a, a feature every, every, every week called On The Road. Mm. And... There's a title sequence to it, and the, and the music for On the Road was the piano solo ha. from oh, school. Lovely. Going onwards, yeah. Great. It, it always takes me back to that whenever I hear it. But, um, I think that harmonica intro is, is oh, yeah. genius yeah. as well. And the, and the playground noises. Yeah. Mm. And, then, and then the screen comes in and it, and it mm. all kicks off. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I've also just got to say, as a teacher, massive appreciation for the theme of it, basically being how school can, tr- can crush gentle spirits yeah, uh, and try and force you into a box. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah, we went to Glynn, we know. Um, so... Yeah, it's inspired by his boarding school. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Experiences. Yeah. Worth mm. saying, um, probably, probably second for me behind Tidy and Shell is um, uh, Rudy, the, t- cool. um, yeah. the, the character, title yeah. character track, I guess. Great um, I love the funky build. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that was terrific live. A kind of right. Yeah, and that, at the very end, they had like a train on the big screen at the back. Mm-hmm. You can hear the train cool. momentum in the music, can't mm-hmm. you? At the very end, yeah. and, and it all comes together and sort of pauses the station and stops at the end. Yeah, sorry. Brilliant. No, no, no. Great. Um, yeah, you've got the context. We 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 haven't absolutely um, pitch in whenever you like. With the I do have experience. to say that not enough cymbal crashes. <laughs> there's a lot of accents that he plays when, yeah. when you think well, there's no cymbal crash with that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a kind of sort of silly worst part for me um, is in a silo when he mentions cigarettes used to cost 15p worst songs chaps I'll just say the only song that's not been mentioned amongst tops I don't think is my number two's Dreamer right um, it's just yeah. a brilliant pop song. So the yeah. the nasal vocal kind of irritates me there. Oh, so Hodgson's vocal gets to you in that one. Yeah, uh, okay. mm. a little bit. I mean, yeah, it's very. It's, it's, it's high. still good. It's, yeah. I still like Dreamer. It's catchy. Uncon- it's, like yeah. I said at the, right yeah. at the top, unconventional and catchy. Yeah, I think it's the that's but, the first time Hodgson's really come into his own with that quirky pop sensibility mm. that Breakfast well, yeah. in America is the peak of. Yes. Um, I think that's where it kind of starts properly. Yeah, three-minute song, obviously, yeah. obviously commercially aimed. Yeah, mm. um, yeah, he, he was a, he was nineteen like that. Yeah, that's mm. what I mean. That's, uh, that's, yeah. yeah, on his mum's Wurlitzer, uh, at home, on his mum's house, on his Wurlitzer. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I was say it came it came from his first time yeah. playing a Wurlitzer, doing that staccato mm. thing on it, which comes up a lot mm. afterwards, <laughs> <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is the one song where I wish Bob C had actually gone into a bit of a more driving yes. beat at the end uh-huh. where he's constantly going around the toms all the time yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very much him but you, this particular one it's a good opportunity at the end of it to, sort of, to drive it out mm, but mm. It, it's still a good catchy song <laughs> but I think because it's a catchy song I haven't really sort of I haven't really sort of listed it as my favourite mm, mm. I've actually just realised I've put Rudy as my worst well but, but I don't it's one of those albums I don't dislike any of the songs on it right. um, I think it was just the one that grabbed me the least mm-hmm yeah, I've put my worst as uh, if everyone was listening. Same. It's, uh, see, I really like but that. I like it, but it's just not as good as the others. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't say there's a worst. I mean, is there a bad track on there? For me, probably not. Mm. Um, Chris Page would disagree with me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that's probably the only one. Did you realise, I mean, uh, the old Wikipedia information sort of jumped out again, but do you realise that Michael Ball's 2014 album was actually influenced by and okay. um, was titled if everyone was listening right the same name weird because uh, <laughs> is, is that Michael Ball as in Zoe's father no no as in, no, as in the like musical, mu- musical theatre singer ah. Ball and Bow mum, the, the mum's favourite right yeah because okay. this this weird. This, okay. this song was inspired by uh, the, the old adage from As You Like It which is the whole world is a stage right so if yeah. everyone was listening and yeah, the curtain yeah, going yeah, down, yeah. etc., that's it's all about that. Yeah, I've so, actually, so, I've so, actually so put that's, so that's more Rick Davis pretension. <laughs> Naming it after Shakespeare. No, it's Hodgson. It's one. Hodgson. Hodgson. It's Sorry. Hodgson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 yeah that's what I was about to say. I've actually put. I think it's one of his most underrated songs. Right. Mm. It's one that I've never really been aware of before. Probably focusing on it. Mm. For this. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. My my best bit. Sorry, Ollie. Come no, on go here, for it. Is is the guitar solo in Kramer's Century? Right. How. How good is that guitar? Yeah, yeah, you really yeah. sort of just focus on and listen to that. And you've got the harmonising guitars going yeah, on. And, it's not because yeah. it's a clever, intricate, technically brilliant guitar solo. It's just perfect for that song mm. and it really creates an atmosphere at the end yeah. of it. I think that's just fantastic. <laughs> the worst right. bit is is the fade in um, hiding hiding. Yeah, the fade is horrible and far too quick. <laughs> I was in fading out. Yeah. <laughs> well, do, one, of our, like, one of our big podcast cre- uh, cliches Chris hates a fade out yeah, they, they, they do like a it's a coward's out. way to end a song yeah yep. <laughs> it's only when you listen to their live album Paris you realise no they can actually end a song you know mm. they, they come they up with an ending yeah. <laughs> so are we ready to move on to Crisis What Crisis chaps yes. oh yeah lovely stuff okay Um. yeah Great album. Continuation, really, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Slight progressions and developments in their sound. Like mm. I said, I think this is the one where they first fully sound like their own thing. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, when they when they first recorded this, the band didn't like it. Oh, really? They, they, the band sort of thought it was all too rushed and hurried. Right. Because mm. the, the, the record company forced them... Well, forced them. Follow it up. Just said, you need to follow up Crown Century quickly because that was commercially acceptable. Mm. I need another album now. Mm. And they were still touring Crown Century. Right. And they had no time to really write any new stuff. So oh, they right. very much drew on on records that didn't quite make Crown Century. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because they, cause they recorded about 42 demos for Crown Century, which uh-huh. only sort of like made it on. So yeah. they pulled a few of these back. Mm. Uh, so Chris, a bit like the uh, the amnesiac, yeah. To uh, <laughs> kid a. yeah, yeah. To uh, Crow Century's Kid A. Oh, yeah. um, okay. I, I, I think the biggest addition here for me is the acoustic guitar. Right, it's the biggest thing that makes a difference to the sound right. overall. But I don't remember there being much no. acoustic guitar used before at all, no, really, and proper jangly, maybe twelve string almost. It sounds like guitar going on. Quite Funny a lot enough, of yeah, because Sister Moonshine has got some. Yeah. Big the intro to that, and, and, and that's that's sort of that's hinting about give a little bit yes. later on, isn't it? Very much. That's the one where I have the note. Is that a recorder on Sister Moonshine? <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. It's a penny whistle. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, I got it. <laughs> I said, "Is that a penny whistle shrieking all over the outro? It's horrible." <laughs> what's not to like? It's a penny whistle. <laughs> it's shrieking all over the outro. That's what's not to like. <laughs> I like the little mouth trumpet noises in Poor Boy. Oh, That's my no, worst no. thing on the album. <laughs> the worst thing, the worst. Rick Davis's impersonation of a chicken. And now I want to. I want to ask. Right? What do we think he was doing there? Do you? Th- I, I had this impression. <laughs> Lots in my of head. LSD. <laughs> Apart from that, I, I thought he was maybe he demoed it, and right. this was 
right, this is what I want a trumpet to play, boys. And they went, oh, let's just keep that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because he's trying to do a a trumpet. Mm. Sounds like a chicken. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, just let the trumpet play it. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird, Mm. but I kind of like it. I like the song. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Boy's decent. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It hasn't made my top three or four, but... It's a good one to sing along to in the dark room at a printer's when you're on your own. <laughs> As I discovered. <laughs> what? <laughs> what has made your top songs here, Tim? Right, so my top... My top... Well, uh, yeah. Top three is Another Man's Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no. Uh, you don't like that one. I, okay. I mean, I do, but I find that it, country done... blues honky-tonk chorus annoyingly satisfying because I think it's shite. But really satisfying. <laughs> for, for me, for me, that song is is eighty percent about the end of it, the yeah, outro, the yeah, outro yeah. of it. That's it. That saves it. Um, which is my best bit. Mm. The fact that the outro to that song has got so many layers, mm. different hooks that that you can like the third hook that finally comes in. If you listen carefully, you can hear that right down in the mix mm. from the very start. Mm. And it sort of swaps places with the second one and then ends up being the top one and the others sort of do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really clever. I've always wanted to try and do something like that. But hmm. uh, that's yeah, that's the best bit about that song for me. Um, yeah, I can understand that the actual song in itself isn't brilliant, but that whole thing within it mm-hmm. makes that yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my number three. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, mm-hmm. I've got as... Uh, Sister Moonshine, All Meaning, All Ain't Nobody. Um, <laughs> they're all pretty good albums. They're good songs, really. Um, I think probably Ain't Nobody is my number two in the end. That's my number one. Right, yeah. It's my mm. number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great song. Mm, mm. Big, powerful intro. Mm-hmm. Good piano. Mm-hmm. Again, good flowing drumming, actually, in that one. Yeah. And immediately kind of catchy pop chorus as well. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mm. quite like at the end as well, the outro almost goes to kind of 50s rock and roll. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Outro with the like, the rhythm and the backing vocals that are going on and through that, yeah, and the BG style falsetto <laughs> randomly comes in here, yeah. That he, I think, is that Davis that does that? Because I'm pretty sure that appears on latter albums at, at one point. I think so. Which mm. I didn't realise. I thought it was so high. I thought it must yeah. be Hodgson, but I, don't. Right, I, right. I, I quite like the reference in their lyrics to "Ain't no fish in the sea." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. The, 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 the phrase don't worry just play more fish yeah, in the sea yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no one else is going to do what I can do for you <laughs> <laughs> alright mate <laughs> <laughs> yeah wonderful prog guitar wig out at the end as well mm-hmm. yeah but then um, what's your best song here Tim my best song is Soapbox Opera thought it would be mm. only because I remember I recognised I recognised uh, the chorus lyrics is it the chorus or the verse lyrics? The line of the lyrics about the cup. I remember you yeah. telling me about those lyrics at some point. Right, yeah. Like, Top, more recently. Father Washington, you all washed up. Yeah. Collecting sinners in an old tin cup. Yeah. yeah. So I, I can't remember what the conversation was, but I'm sure I remember some conversation of you just being like, have you ever realised how good some Supertrans lyrics are? Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I heard it on that, I was like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. Because it's all, it's all about questioning the, 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 the Catholic faith. Yeah. Yes. And about, yeah, the, the, the nuns and the, you know, the... The fathers and the and the sisters, etc., etc. Isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I and I, I like the interesting start with the old sort of the preaching sort of bit at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I very first heard that, I hadn't really looked into what the songs about. Yeah, yeah. I used to think it was like people from Speaker's Corner. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Could have been really. But. Yeah. I, this is the first time that I've kind of identified this, but something that I think is a common theme with some of Hodgson's songs. I get almost the image of like the sad clown. Hmm. In the way he performs yeah. the vocals, yeah, yeah, of that kind of, he has a very jaunty, upbeat, that high voice as well way of singing, but the lyrics being so kind of bitter and jaded, yeah, uh, yeah. I get that kind of mm. feel from a lot of his. Oh, bitter and jaded certainly comes in later. Yes. Gosh, does it? Um, your favourites, Chris? Have we, have we done most uh, of yours? Ain't nobody but me is number three. I've actually, and then I've got Easy Does It as my number two and Sister Moonshine as my number one. Right. That opening couple, I just mm-hmm. think, uh, yeah, yeah, really, really cool. 
Excellent. I love the beginning of the album, the, the, mm. the footsteps and, and the fellow whistling basically the, the song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then the, and then the car horn. And fits. I love, I, yeah, I love that that whole soundscape at the beginning basically makes the artwork kind yeah. of come to life mm-hmm. as, as you sort of put it on and you see that artwork and then that's what starts straight away. Not many albums that actually kind of do that that on the nose, but I quite liked it. Um, worst songs, chaps. I've got um, Lady. Shaw takes his time doing nothing. Yeah. Oh, And weirdly, was the first single right from wow. this album of all the songs we've oh, talked about. Mm. They chose "Lady" as the first single. Mm. Very odd. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, it's got that staccato Wurlitzer from Dreamer going on. Yeah, it's a very super trend key, key keyboard yeah. intro, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, I quite like the subsonics at the at the outro of it. But I mean, okay. Yeah. I have said it's mm. another one where I think the drums make it a lot better. Mm-hmm. So I think the song itself isn't yeah. that great, but some, yeah. there's some mm-hmm. cool drumming in it. Yeah, and the uh, the uh, Beatles slash School of Rock ooh la la las make a return. <laughs> oh, I did <laughs> yeah. notice that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my first thought was School of Rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I might. I've, I've got um, just a normal day. That's my love. That's my worst. That's yeah. My worst. Okay. Yeah. Second uh, Davis ballad in a row. Is it? <laughs> oh dear <laughs> yeah and I think that the two of us should probably have replaced just a normal day right take normal day out completely mm. and then the album should have ended on the meaning so yeah. right. why do they end it on the two of us mm. it's like they've got this great album sort of some good punchy songs in there and, mm-hmm. and then the meaning is a is a real sort of good yeah. track heaviest track and then it, and it, it, to me it sort of wimps out a bit yeah, I said it's a bit of a fizzle yeah, out. The, the two of us, it's mm. just like, mm. oh no, don't mm. end on that one. Yeah. Um, so is that ultimately why it's not major number one, do you reckon? As an album. That, that, it, that it goes out with a whimper rather than I a I think bang? so, yeah, yeah. I think there's just there's more tracks in here that are just, mm, okay, mm. than Crime of Century. Yeah. For years, I've always cited and, and had the opinion in my own head that mm. Christ is What Christ is is my favourite album. Mm-hmm. Mm. They're all fantastic songs, and it's not mm. until you sit down and listen objectively yeah. to the whole album you think, mm. "Oh, I thought I remember it being better than that." <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> bashed it. We've gone and ruined Dad's favourite album. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Objective complete, and and subjected me to some r- rubbish that I, was, I managed to avoid until now. <laughs> So we're going to do our last album of this part of the podcast, this half, even in the quietest moments. Um, yeah, um, this is. They obviously hit their creative peak with Crime of the Century and Crisis. This is not as strong. No, but is interestingly where they kind of the popularity started yeah. to pick up. Yeah, yeah. So Broke America with Give a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and that was, other, other tracks on the album getting a lot of US radio play. So other than, um, like I said at the top of the podcast, um, other than Logical Song and Breakfast in America, mm. I had heard give a little bit, quite a bit yeah. before. Mm. Was there a cover on like an advert um, a few years ago or something? A, I think there's a Goo Goo Dolls cover. Right. I'm pretty sure. Okay. If I've got that in my head, I don't know. If that was used in anything, I think uh, it has been used in something on TV. You're right. Maybe the National Lottery. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure it was used for something. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, it's, it's played a lot on. But it's definitely yeah, it's definitely one of those. It's mm. probably what's well, probably their most known. Easy listening radio really, stations play it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mhm. I mean, I've got time for that. <laughs> it's a bit stupid. Give a little bit. Cheesy pop disposable rubbish? Sure. The even-handed other response? I don't have one. Yeah. Okay, fair <laughs> it, enough. That's what it is. <laughs> it is, but it's great. It is It is great at that. Yeah. You know, it's, as Nicky put, I mean, I may as well say it is my number one on the album. Fine. And It's not even my number three. Yeah. No, me either. But I like it. And, uh, and Nikki, I said that to Nikki and she said, but it's so Radio 2. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it is, but it's, it's a masterclass in... Mm-hmm. Easy listening pop, you know. I wouldn't even go as far as Radio Two. They're a bit trendy for give a little bit now. It's fucking capital gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> greatest hits. <Yeah. laughs> 
Um, I think what helps. <laughs> it does grew a long way. What helps is this is the first album that they've gone to America to record. Yeah. And they got a new sound engineer. The Amer- yeah, and the American influence, mm. the influence of Americana and American rock. Yeah, has come through. Yeah. And seventies American rock is my bag. <laughs> and give a little bit fits in with all of that fine if it, it's very tom petty it's very do you know what i mean it's all that kind of stuff i was just stuff. going to ask yeah who um for, yeah. to give the listeners a frame of reference yeah. who you're talking about here yeah um no so my favorites here are the more sort of experimental interesting moments um my one and two here can't really separate them mm-hmm. so i'm just gonna go with they're both both my favorite are um lover boy and babaji <laughs> I hate Babaji so much. <laughs> <laughs> Hippy dippy bullshit. My God, that's come from nowhere. That's a left field <laughs> shot. <isn't it? laughs> I'll just put it's one of Hodgson's most obscure self indulgent tracks. <laughs> Worst track, Babaji. Worst moment, <laughs> Babaji. All of it. <laughs> oh, wow. Talk about, me. No, but fucking self indulgence here falls overture. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the worst track. Well, she's nowhere favorite near as bad track. as that. Your favourite track? Favourite track. What is Bloody wrong with hell. you? <laughs> oh, come on. Say so the best hot takes till last, lads. <laughs> wow. So much going on. <laughs> Too much. No. But it doesn't... It's just faff. Yeah. It's like over ten minutes and most of it is faff. Tim. But it... But it <sighs> Tim. Yeah. What's your opinion of musical theatre? Musical theatre? Yes. Well, I quite like musical theatre. There we go. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> there we go. I mean, a big... So yeah. it's basically... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically, as uh, it's as Hodgson calls it, it's there, it's him experimenting with their new string machine. He means uh, he means synth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't like the synth bit. Uh, but that they were using on stage to do their string parts and things. And mm-hmm. he was like, this is cool. I wonder what I could do with it creatively in the studio. And that's what this is, basically. Yeah. Um... I just think, as a result, it just sounds horrendously cheap and dated. Yep. Most of the time. Yeah, I can see what you're saying, <laughs> <laughs> but I've always liked it since I first heard it, um, and listened to it again. It hasn't really that hasn't really sort of changed much. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe nine it's, minutes it's... in, I'm completely done with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, what I did put though. Uh, I bet you didn't think I'd be able to do this, but I've got a link back to our previous episode. Ooh, wow. Well, this is the moment where they go a bit Paul's Boutique. (laughs) (laughs) Because you've got... It took him five years to compose it, and it's basically a collage of progressive instrumentation and samples. Yeah. The vocals are essentially Um, meaningless. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you've got got a sample of Winston Churchill's famous 1940 speech. We will find Uh, him on the beaches, yeah. Yeah. You've got sounds of police cars and bells from London's Big Bend Clock Tower. <laughs> yeah. uh, you've got uh, an instrument playing Holst's Venus. Yeah. Um, and a reading from the first verse of William Blake's And Did Those Feet in Ancient Times. Right. Check it all in there. What's wrong with that? Uh, and ends with a short sample of their own song, Dreamer, much like Beastie Boys sampling themselves. <laughs> so, That's it. Fool's Overture is Super Trump going Beasties. <laughs> The perfect but, closer. Mm, well, <laughs> think of context for the time. Is it more Supertramp going a bit the wall? Well, yes. That's mm. the other thing that has been said about this. Mm. Uh, okay, yeah, good shout. <laughs> I guess it's up to me to defend Babaji. Yeah, it is a self-indulgent heavy bullshit, but I just found it one of the catchy moments of the record. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, it's Hodgson doing his catchy thing. I, yeah. What I quite like is it's one... We talked about a few examples of it, excuse me, in the Beatles episode and things, of just one of those songs where the rest of the band have just had to sit back and go, I'll just let him do it. Right. <laughs> yes. like, <laughs> <laughs> so there's... The, Steven, Steven so, 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 so is this my you're defending a violent walrus moment <laughs> yeah. fine good I'm happy with that so Siebenberg said and said that Hodgson came up with the different bits of timing and things that Siebenberg had to play on it mm. um, and that it took the longest to work out uh, because everything had to be very precise including which parts were played on which particular spell of the symbol oh, and all this Nazi, kind of thing yeah <laughs> um, and apparently he wrote it, so he wrote it in, in honour of 
Mahavata Babaji, yeah. who he regarded as his like Christ or Krishna-like figure. Mm. Uh, it was very much his spirituality song, and the rest of the band were very actively kind of atheist and agnostic, and were yeah. just like, oh, for goodness sake. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I mean, mm. I'm the same. Everything about this song spells out that I should utterly despise it, <laughs> but somehow I don't. Nah. And that's all I've got to say, really. <laughs> sorry. I've, I've I wouldn't sorry. say I despise it. It's just like... I've only got uh, no Roger against my notes. For that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then there you go. I've got I've got basically both of your two number one songs are my two worst. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, my worst here is Downstream. That's my number three. That's my number three. That's my number three, too. Yeah. I, d- I just quite like that it's, it's a sim- rare simplicity oh, for them. It's just a simple... Yeah. It's, it's a simple Rick and the Piano. That's it. Yeah, uh, and it's um, yeah, it, it's very emotional. I think yeah, I can't like it. <laughs> uh, that was recorded, by the way, vocal and piano at the same time, one take. Thanks very much. Yeah, Next. well, and a nice a nice thing for me is that so that's my number three, and then from now on as my number two, make make this right. album the one for me where I first properly enjoy Rick Davis songwriting. Right, I think this is his best for mm-hmm. me. That that where his I enjoy more of his songs than. Not. See, I've got the title track down as number two. I just think the I think the outro for from now on is probably my my best bit as well. Yeah, it just gets well, stuck go, in my head forever. Goes on a bit, but it does. But it, I don't mind in that mm. case because it keeps mm. developing. Is mm. that the one where they? Got I find the... myself going around. I've been finding myself this week walking around at work, just singing it to myself constantly. Is that the one at the end where him and Roger are having sort of a the bit of a, 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 yeah, a bit yeah. of a sing off at the end? Yeah. yeah. Ah ooh ah ooh ah <laughs> ah yeah. Yeah. So, okay. what about the title track? You're not keen on even the quietest moments. Um, yeah, no, I do quite like it. It's not. It's kind of in the middle, I think. Right. For me. Yeah. Same. Hmm. Um, Hodgson has described it as a dual love song. Could be to a girl. It could be to God. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was written mostly in, in um, sound checks when they were touring live. Right. Yeah. With Davis on drums, bizarrely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not on the album, but yeah, um, yeah, when, they, when they were jamming it. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. My worst moment is um, the artwork, woof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Just Horrible. A, just a piano <laughs> like a bad painting you'd find in an old lady's living room. <laughs> <laughs> Only, I thought it was a painting. I didn't realise it's actually a photo of. So they recorded okay. this in Colorado. Oh, right. right. And for that photo, they actually took the pi- a piano out onto a mountain <laughs> of course they did left it overnight went and took a photo of it in the morning with all the snow on it and there's a there's, there's um, a score on the piano that says Fool's Overture oh, it's actually yeah. for the um, American National Anthem oh really but they've just written Fool's Overture over it right Clever. don't know why probably just what they had to hand so it should but, be even no, in the no, coldest no, moments or it might, might, might have been a the critique o- the overture of a fool yeah, yeah it's the American <laughs> yeah. it's the Star Spangled Banner yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, anything else to say on this one, chaps? I think no. So. no. So, yeah, that's Supertramp Part 1. <laughs> Done. In the bank. We've talked about some good albums. We've talked about some crap ones. Yeah. More, We've of, the same to more come. of the same to come. <laughs> Join us on the other side of the jingle for Part 2. And the, fu- and the fun part where we get to talk about our top five songs about <laughs> breakfast food. <laughs> See you there.